I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Check out mcjmusicculturejournalism.com. Hip-hop is a global movement reaching all aspects of music, culture, and journalism. MCJ is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. Check out musicculturejournalism.com. Log on today. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and power, Black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Today, I want to talk about several incidents and events that is happening in Black America. And the first event I want to talk about is the situation concerning ASAP Rocky. As many of you know, ASAP Rocky was arrested in Sweden July 3rd. So he was arrested right before the 4th of July weekend, and he was charged with gross assault. And he actually, which is fortunate, was able to record a video of the situation. And in the video, you see him and his bodyguard, they walk in, and you see them being accustomed by two individuals. You hear him tell the individual, we, we don't know you guys, and we don't want no trouble. Then you see one of the individuals throw a pair of headset at uh, his bodyguard. And it hits his bodyguard, and they follow for four blocks. Um, eventually, you know, Enough is enough, and um, he felt the need to defend himself, and he put them hands on them boys. It was two of them. 
So he was arrested. Um, very unfortunate situation. Um, in Sweden, is nothing like the United States. Um, 24-hour lockdown. The laws over there are crazy. Like, he can be going to trial within a week. And um, in addition to him being in 24-hour lockdown and solitary confinement, they said that the facility is filthy and inhumane. So you have a lot of celebrities that um been taking it to social media, uh, free ASAP, uh, several of the celebrities that I know that um, is calling for his freedom is Meek Mills, you have Tyler the Creator, you have T.I., Diddy, and Nicki Minaj, among others. However, there is a certain segment of black America that don't easily forget. You know, a lot of times people say that, you know, black people, we're the most forgiving people on the planet. And, um, yeah, to a certain degree, but we're learning to come out of that, you know, because a lot of times people see that as a weakness. They want you to forgive them, but they're not sorry for their transgressions. And the situation with ASAP Rocky, he said some very, very, very uncouth things and was way off cold and um many of us haven't forgot and rightfully so because you can't just say any and anything during one of his interviews i think this was back in 2005 actually it was 2005 they was asking him about the black lives matter and the murder of michael brown and ferguson and he stated I did not sign up to be no political activist. I, I want to talk about my motherfucking lean, my best friend dying, the girls that come in and out of my life, the jiggy fashion that I wear, my new inspiration in drugs. I don't want to talk about no motherfucking Ferguson and shit because I don't live there. I live in motherfucking Soho and Beverly Hills. I can't relate. Well, ASAP Rocky... We know you to live in Harlem. That is where you grew up at. That is where you started your career at and became a rapper. And a lot of times when people get to a certain stature and certain uh, notoriety, they forget where they came from. You could have been Michael Brown walking down 125th Street in Harlem. You could be Michael Brown over in Sweden. See, a lot of times, individuals, they get around people and money, and they have a proximity to whiteness, and they start to forget who they are. You can't relate. Well, guess what? They're going to make you feel like a black man in Sweden, and that's exactly what they're doing. Now, as many of y'all know, I am against all forms of incarceration, my documentary, The School to Prison Pipeline, we talk about how it's a money racket and the disproportionate amount of blacks that are in prison. So I don't want to see no brother in jail. But at the same time, I'm not going to be an individual that comes to the rescue for someone that is geometrically opposed to everything I stand for. 
I stand for my blackness and I'm unapologetic in that. So when an individual say unforgiving things that is counterproductive to black America, they got to suffer the consequences. Now, I believe everyone has the capacity to change and hopefully his time in Stockholm, Sweden will awaken his consciousness. But I find it very ironic that the city that he's being held in captivity in is named Stockholm. Hopefully the brother don't come out with Stockholm Syndrome. And for those that don't know about it, do your research. Look up Stockholm Syndromes. But there's a segment of black America that believes his interview in Time Out magazine, he was cooning. Because like I said previously, ASAP Rocky could be the next Michael Brown in Sweden. ASAP Rocky could be the next Eric Gardner in Sweden. ASAP Rocky could be the next Freddie Gray in Sweden. What we got to understand, family, is that racism and white supremacy is global. The same way it can be effective here in America is the same way it can be overseas, especially when you're in a country that's dominated by white individuals. Let's move on to our next subject, and we're going to continue on speaking about cooning. And our next story is about a group of black pastors, and they call themselves the Coalition of African American Pastors. And they are petitioning Nike and demanding that Nike drop Colin Kaepernick. Now, I don't know if many of you are familiar with the backstory, but Nike put out a shoe and it had the Betsy Ross flag on it with the 13 stripes representing the 13 colonies that was opposed to ending slavery. Do your history, family. And Colin Kaepernick let Nike know that this flag doesn't stand for what he stands for, which is freedom, justice, and equality, and that they should pull it. And what Nike did, rightfully so, they pulled the sneaker. They did a recall on it. Seems like a group of black pastors are upset. So they are petitioning Nike to drop Colin Kaepernick, which they're not going to do. But in a petition, they said, I hope you will understand how dismayed we were to learn that your company decided to pull a specially designed shoe that celebrates America independence and the Betsy Ross flag. Colin Kaepernick's views on America and the flag are fringe opinion not shared by any of us, especially the African Americans who marched against segregation with Dr. Martin Luther King. And this came from Reverend Williams Owens. Now, I don't know Reverend Williams Owens, but he sounds like every other pastor or Reverend or civil rights leader that tried to invoke the name of Martin Luther King as if to say that they're on the right side of history by using the man's name. Now, I know for a fact that if Martin Luther King was alive today, 
that he would be opposed to a flag from Betsy Ross. But I digress. So we're going to speak about some more issues that's happening in black America. But before we do that, I want to play y'all a snippet of Khalid Muhammad speaking about black nationalism. Because that's what it's about. It's about black nationalism, being on code, and being unapologetic. And after the clip, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back. Whatever your philosophy and ideology is of your organization, stay right with your organization. Just accept black nationalism as your major goal and objective. He said if you're in the church, stay right in the church and organize in the church. You don't have to leave the church. We want to build an African united front. We want revolutionary Christians. We want revolutionary Muslims. We want revolutionary black Hebrews. We want revolutionary Yoruba. We want revolutionary black men and women who believe in the principles of Mayat and study ancient Kemet. We want revolutionary atheists. We want revolutionary agnostics. We want revolutionary socialists. We want revolutionaries no matter what school or movement or organization you come from. We must build an African united front, and we must accept revolution. Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and product across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily. The creators of Elementary Genocide Part 1, The School to Prison Pipeline, and Part 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration, present the third installment, Academic Holocaust. Each film produced, directed, and personally funded by writer Raheem Shabazz. Hollywood Chronicles says the documentary Elementary Genocide turns a critical eye towards the dehumanizing educational environment that criminalizes black and brown youth by funneling them from schools to prisons. If you've learned anything, shared any content, or have received any value from the Elementary Genocide brand, you're going to love Elementary Genocide 3, featuring the likes of Kaba Kemi, David Banner, Shahad Razad Ali, Michael M. Hotep, and Professor James Small. To help spread this important message to the masses, visit elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Please share our cause with your family and friends. Now we are back from our quick commercial break. And the latest news to hit the wire is the police that murdered Eric Garner in cold blood will not be persecuted by the federal government. The five-year expiration date to pursue the charges has expired yesterday. And it's ironic that they waited to the last minute. They did the same thing in another case out in California. See, this is a tactic by the federal government. They wait to the last minute to announce that there will be no charges or no indictment forthcoming. And it's unfortunate that 
this officer is going to be let go scot-free um, since the death of Eric Gardner. He was placed on modified duty, but he still was receiving a paycheck. Now he will be fully instated back to his job in Staten Island where he's free to roam and, you know, use a chokehold and kill another African-American. This is the America we live in, family. But the sad part about this situation is that it happened under the watch of President, then-President Obama. And the Attorney General at that time was Eric Holder. And they both said that they was going to pursue this case. Neither one of them did it. And as a result, it fell into the laps of this administration, Donald Trump, and his attorney general. So now Trump can say, well, you had a black president that didn't do nothing. What makes you think I'm going to do anything? And this is the same issue with the reparation. Um, what was it? Mitch O'Connell or whatever his name is. You know, people saying, well... Obama opposed reparation, and I oppose it as well. See, and this is the thing. When we put people in political office, and they're in a position of power, and they don't do nothing for us, it magnifies the issue, whereas the next person that comes in office can say, well, my predecessor, he didn't do nothing. I'm not going to do nothing neither. It's very unfortunate that this happened. Even the mayor of New York, DiBazio, he stated to Eric Gardner's daughter before she passed away that he was going to make sure that justice will be served in her father's death, and he did nothing. There's another incident that is making its rounds on the news, and that is the killing of a tireless advocate for her community in Baton Rouge, and her name was Sadie Roberts Joseph, and she was 75 years old. And she was the founder of the Baton Rouge African American Museum that was founded in 2001. Our news report says that she was suffocated and found in the trunk of her car behind an abandoned house last Friday, and as of yesterday, they have arrested a suspect, and the suspect was a tenant that was renting an apartment from her in one of her houses, and his name is Ronnie Jermaine Bell, and they're saying that this individual has a criminal record, which includes a child rape case in the early 2000s, and he actually was in jail when they arrested him because he got arrested that Monday for violating the sex offenders registration requirement. And um, they said that he was back in rent and he had $1,200 in unpaid rent. Now, they don't know if that was the motive. And reading the article, they're saying that they don't know if this was a hate crime, they rule. I, th I think they ruled that out. So when I when I read that saying that this was probably not a hate crime, um, it automatically made me think that the individual was white because this is a um black individual that um uh, 
is deceased. Um, but there is an outpour of support for uh, Sadie Roberts Joseph, even the uh, police chief. You know, he expresses condolence and said how much she has meant to the community. Um, I got a text from uh, my Conrad that's down there in Baton Rouge, and his name is Arthur Silky Slim Reed. And um, he runs a website called StopTheKillingInc.org. And he wrote a tribute to Sadie Roberts Joseph because he knew her personally. Um, she was an individual that was a staple in the community. Um, she was an individual that every year she put on the Juneteenth Festival for the community. In addition to that, she also had a museum, and um, the mayor, everybody knew her, and it's, it's just a, a tragic incident that happened, and um, I'm glad that the family got closure and found out what happened, because everybody was just shocked, like, who would do this to someone that's 75 years old? And now we know that it was an individual that was a tenant in one of her apartments that she was renting out, and that um, this individual was a sex offender. So we're going to um, report more on this. Hopefully we can get our author, Silky Slim Reed, on the phone, and he can give us a little more insight on uh, the life of Sadie Roberts-Joseph and what is actually happening in uh, Baton Rouge. I just want to give a condolence out to her family, her loved ones, and everybody in Baton Rouge for this tragedy incident. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for me right here at Necessary Blackness Podcast. I have a busy day tomorrow. In fact, this entire weekend is going to be extremely busy for me. Make sure y'all check out Elementary Genocide 1, 2, and 3 if you don't already have it. That's the school to prison pipeline, the board of education versus the board of incarceration. And the last and final installment is Academic Holocaust. You can get that on elementarygenocide.com. Make sure you get it from our website. Also. Be sure to log on to musicculturejournalism.com. Make sure y'all check out the Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and IG page. That's musicculturejournalism.com. It is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. And they also have a Go Global or Stay Local campaign when you submit your video, it will be uploaded to the channel and you will get global exposure if your video is chosen. So, I will see you next week, same time, same place. This is Raheem Shabazz and you are tuned in to Necessary Blackness Podcast. Peace and power, black family. The problem is actually the same. You should never be deceived into feeling that you are being treated that the problem is any different today than it was two or three hundred years ago. Your problem started when they snatched the first African off the African continent 
And your problem has not ended yet. It's the same problem. Malcolm put it very eloquently once when he explained. They asked him, they said, well, Brother Malcolm, can't you say that, brothers and sisters, that the black people, that their conditions have changed? And Malcolm says that's irrelevant. Perhaps our conditions have changed, but our position has not changed. He says that if I'm on an airplane going 100 miles an hour and I'm sitting in the back of the plane, and then the plane speeds up and it goes 1,000 miles an hour, you can argue that my condition has changed, but the problem is, is that my position has not changed. I was in the back of the plane when it was going 100 miles an hour, and so I'm in the back of the plane when it's going 1,000 miles an hour. And the problem is that there's somebody in the front of the plane sitting in the seat where I need to be. There's somebody driving the plane or flying the plane that's sitting in the seat that I need to be in. Because if anybody can speed the plane up, then surely enough, they can slow the plane down. And this is the situation that we find ourselves in today. As all kinds of decisions which the Supreme Court of the United States has reached in the past saying that black folks had the right to jobs or affirmative rights, affirmative action. Various different decisions which have been made which were, which were uh, said to be the uh, promise of freedom. They've taken it all back and they're taking it all back. We're having jobs snatched from us. We're having uh, various different uh, educational situations snatched from us. We're declining in vir virtually every era, of every area of human endeavor. And so when we look at ourselves today, we realize that the problem is a lack of self-determination. The problem is a lack of self-defense. The problem is a lack of self-respect. If you had the proper self-defense, the ability to defend yourself, then you wouldn't have Brother King being beaten to death by Los Angeles police out there uh, a, a few weeks ago. 